John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Hello, everyone, and welcome to something special I am doing here for the Outlaw Nation channel, and I'm very excited to be doing it with my Cinephiles co-host. I'm the Outlaw John Roca. That is Steve Morris. Steve, how are you? I am good, and I'm really excited to talk about movies that aren't old. I mean, that's (laughs) sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I pitched this idea to Steve that for the Oscars coming up here next Sunday, I pitched him this idea of us talking about and kind of mini reviewing every film that is nominated for best picture and this is the first video that we thought we should do for it and we want to tackle dune the uh, denis villeneuve adaptation of the frank herbert classic sci-fi novel and this one i tweeted out steve this was a masterpiece to me i absolutely loved the film saw it twice in the theaters once on hbo max was absolutely blown away by what we saw visually by the the score and the soundtrack from Hans Zimmer, from the acting from Timothy Chalamet to Oscar Isaac to Josh Brolin to Jason Momoa to Rebecca Ferguson and on and on and on down the chain to Javier Bardem. All of this, and I, you know, I was told this is one of the most unadaptable, unfilmable books ever. I wasn't a fan of the David Lynch uh, film. I did not watch the sci-fi series or wherever it was at. What did you think overall of this film? Uh, we haven't even spoken about your thoughts on this film ourselves off camera, so That's I'm here for the first time. What are your thoughts on Denis Villeneuve's Dune, in essence, part one? Can I ask you one very important question first? Sure. sure. Did you read the book? I read the book when I was maybe 18, 19 years old and have not gone near it since. So that's what this one is hard for me to judge. I read it many times as a kid and I made the decision to read the book right before I watched the movie. So, so I think it is amazing. That is what I think. I think as an adaptation of the book, the movie, the movie, I think as an adaptation, because I, 
I think it is a really hard book to mm -hmm. adapt. It's very internal. The plot is really weird and convoluted. The way you feel about each of the characters, so much of it happens in characters' thoughts and in understanding this culture with all these weird things. It's a lot of stuff to figure out. And that's why the that's why I wanted to ask you that question because yeah. for me, having just read the book, it was like they put the platonic ideal of the images in my head on the screen. I mean, oh, wow. yeah, oh. I, I really think they absolutely nailed the look of it. I think the casting is spot on. Mm -hmm. I, you can't say enough about the cinematography and special effects and production design. I mean, it's phenomenal. So, but my big thing watching is like going, well, I just read the book. This all makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Will yeah. this make sense to someone who doesn't know what's going on? That's the yeah. big question. Yeah. And, and it, for me, it did. And this is, this is what I would, it was really quizzical for me. Yes. I'd read the book, you know, decades ago, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I still under you know, like remembered all the nuances right. and the right. ins and outs and the nooks right. and crannies like you did reading it right before you went into the theater. For me, it seemed pretty easy to figure out House Atreides is getting set up uh, by the uh, emperor or the king, whoever it is, who's got an issue with them because he's jealous of them. So he sets them up on this planet to essentially be screwed over so that their possible ascendancy to threaten his throne um, is thwarted, is stopped. And then we find out that Paul Atreides, his son, has a special gift uh, and has been seeing these visions and they're leading him down this path. And so for, and then we get the idea of indigenous people versus colonizers, mm -hmm. very evident there, the Baron, and he's very evil. And certainly uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård does a fantastic job. Of it's great and, seeing him in that role. Right? It's, yeah. it's so, the visuals yeah. and the tar and everything. It just, it's just great. So for me, I got it pretty easily. Spice is an important part of this thing. Right. Very important as we saw in Book of Boba Fett and Star Wars as well. Kind of Lucas taking some, some of borrowing some of that liberally for Star Wars because this came out, uh, uh, Dune came out before uh, Star Wars as a media Oh, way piece. before, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it seemed pretty easy to figure out. Now, the ins and outs and the political intrigue and the twists and turns, some of that I saw coming, some of them didn't, but it wasn't difficult to figure out. So I was really perplexed by the people who said it was hard to follow. I just didn't understand that. I mean, the story is weird. The book is weird. Yeah. You know, and because and what's interesting, too, it's so funny. I think the influence of Dune on Star Wars is huge. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. because both of them combine science fiction with mysticism, you know, mm -hmm. like because one of the interesting things and this is I think one of one of the things that that the book lives on that I think the movie does really well is bonding to you to this character who is a Messiah figure. You yeah. know, and making and I to think so at least we right think so. right. Well, th this is what's what's I I read that book at different multiple stages in my life, and when I read it younger, mm -hmm. I was like, Paul's awesome, this is great. And then reading the later books, and then I read again maybe in my twenties, and I went, oh, Paul might not be that awesome. <laughs> Paul's and a little troubling. <laughs> yeah, and well, and particularly in the in later books, it gets yeah. really really bad, and yeah. so I think. That's what I'm most curious about, by the way, in part two is like, well, how do they how do we how are we going to track with what kind of a person Paul actually is? Well, and this happens in the Bible, too, Steve, though. Right. And I wonder if some of the stories of the Bible may be influenced Frank Herbert in creating Dune. I haven't done mm. a lot of dive in and research and what influenced Dune for Frank Herbert. But, you know, the story of David, he is David. But when he becomes king, he does some questionable stuff in the pursuit of lust or love. And make some decisions that are difficult because you can cheer for him at the beginning against Goliath. But as he gets older, just like sometimes the heroes we have 
when we're younger or the heroes that are younger, when they get older, sometimes they adapt a, a new philosophy or they adapt a way of being or they become or we discover they're corruptible. Um, this happens. There's a realism. Oh, yeah. in that. And seeing that journey for Paul, I think, is very interesting throughout the books. Uh, so uh, great of you to highlight that. And certainly with Luke, we saw that with Luke Skywalker. You mentioned Star Wars. You know, starting out with Luke and where he's at, where we end, where we end by Return of the Jedi. Uh, then when we see him again in the sequel trilogy, right. it's not as uh, fun to be around him. Well, I think that it's funny. I would never have thought of the biblical reference, but I mm. think that's actually a really interesting point. I mean, Frank Herbert, from what I've read, is a deep dude. Yeah, and he was thinking. I mean, I know he was a, an ecologist and really cared about environmental issues, and that's certainly represented in Dune. Yeah, but also the the I mean, the idea that because you're what i think they do really really well and and you and the person who i think is the key to this is oscar isaacs yes yeah he is he is so powerful in every moment he's on the screen and i think what that does is you are so bonded to him mm -hmm. and to house atreides and they i think they do a really good job of establishing the value system and make yeah. you go oh i get it these guys are tough they're disciplined they're extremely honorable and so we're totally with them yeah. and i'm not gonna i mean i won't spoil the you know 50 year old book but <laughs> but like but you know there, there are things that happen that make you absolutely 100 on paul's side and rooting for him which is where you should be you know yeah what scenes stand out for you in the movie that you can recall now on the spur of the moment that kind of solidified your enjoyment of this you know for me i i think of the of the battle scene which was visually mm. some of the most incredible stuff and and shout out cinematographer greg frazier who also did this oh cinematography for the batman so to me mm. That that is a one-two punch within a few months is an incredible uh, uh, thing to have on your resume uh, for sure in terms of the look and the feel of both of those films. They couldn't be more different yet have some similarities in terms of the style, but the scene with the box as well where Paul is putting his hand in the box and you have, um, oh God, what's the uh, older actor? Charlotte Rampling there. Charlotte Rampling. Yeah, yeah, having the back and forth with him. It's really powerful. And also the scene where he starts to be able to use the voice when his mom and him are kidnapped on that ship, his ability mm -hmm. to use the voice. I think those scenes really stick out to me as, and as well, as well as the, the conversations he has with Oscar Isaac and Steve, I think you're absolutely right. Oscar Isaac, a limited amount of screen time has to make it work, has to make you feel the nobility of this house, yep. the strength of this house and the love he has for his son and for Rebecca Ferguson's character, Lady Jessica Atreides. So to me, these are the scenes that stick out. What sticks out for you that makes you feel that, that makes you think this film is a good movie? So, so first of all, you took many of my answers. Oh, so, sorry. It's, no, it's no, but it, but I think that's a sign that those are the Always. scenes. Always I mean, let the guests speak first. My apologies. I, <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. I I can remember the scene with the box that yeah. is the beginning of the book. Like I, that is an unforgettable scene in the book. Mm -hmm. It is so visual and and visceral and emotional and painful obviously and and as a nerdy person you know nerds like to quote things yeah <laughs> and yes. so the phrase fear is the mind killer you know <laughs> that is a thing that that we said you yeah. know what i mean like that was a that was a deep thing to think about and so that scene is fantastic i think in particular oscar isaac's talking to his son mm. and saying this is kind of who we are yeah. Um, and the other ones I think are are great. There's there's also the um the duel with the uh uh when he has to fight the guy uh 
and by kitten words just totally went out of my mouth yeah no, <laughs> but yeah but but uh after he meets uh javier Bardem and we're we're kind yes, of with them at the end of the movie yes yeah i think that's really really because it's him becoming you see yeah. him becoming who he's going to be yeah. i think that's a great one and i also think just the visuals of exploring the world of arrakis i mean i think just flying over it and looking and seeing the worms for the first time and seeing the the factories and all that stuff is just so yeah you know i mean there's certain movies i'm not a huge visual guy as you know i don't think that way i'm a story guy i'm a word guy but there are certain movies where you could just sit and just let the movie flow over you because mm -hmm. it looks you know like 2001 being the, mo the the perfect example of a film where you're just going to let that flow and even though this has much more of a plot and is much more complex than 2001 yeah. which is pretty weird it's still if you just watched it visually and listened to that score i think it's super compelling yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the score from Hans Zimmer is there've been number there've been a number of um, articles written on it. There've been a number of, uh, of much more knowledgeable musicians than me speaking about it. So I can only say that I love the score. Immediately when I heard the score, I was like this is one of those scores oh, yeah. that takes this film to the next level that elevates this film uh in my own consciousness and I think a lot of people, if they, I think a lot, anybody who might have had an issue with the movie couldn't have possibly had an issue with the score because the score is so perfectly married to the movie. And I would say any of the tougher spots to watch, the score carries you through that. What did you think of the score, Steve? Uh, I think it's great. It's so, it's so funny. Hans Zimmer, because Hans Zimmer is so the anti-John Williams, you know, <laughs> rather than having the 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 light motif, the melody oh, that yeah. you're like, oh, that is the Harry Potter theme. That is the Superman theme. That is the, you know, Hans Zimmer is, <laughs> you know, and it's just sort of like a visceral, emotional feeling that is carrying you through it. I think the score is fantastic. And I would say exactly the same thing about the cinematography. Anyone, there's just, you cannot find, find fault with it. I, I can't, you can't say this is not a gorgeous, gorgeous film. It yeah. really is. Absolutely. Are there any things that you might have felt were drawbacks or didn't quite 100% work for you as you watched the movie? Well, the biggest one is the one that I asked you is I, I really worry that it's not clear, you mm -hmm. know, because mm -hmm. it's just such a hard thing to explain. And so right. and, I, and I think we I think, you know, there are many people who had a real hard time understanding what was what what exactly is going on here right you know um and, and part of it too, grown into it right yeah saying, yes well and, and and part of it too is it's also the nature of doing this huge story i mean the one thing i, I feel like we should say is huh? the degree of difficulty of of adapting this particular book i think is more difficult than lord of the rings is mm -hmm. i think lord of the rings is clearer it's like <laughs> we have this ring here's this bad guy we got to get the ring to this place Right. I get it. You know what I mean? If people right. are going to try to stop us, that's a relatively clear plot. The, this one, part of it is in the structure. You don't really find out exactly what's going on until the end of the first book. Yeah. And so therefore we only have half the movie. So figuring out, well, what is the Baron and what is relationship to the Atreides and what are they trying? That's hard to figure out. And so it doesn't surprise me that there are a lot of people that went, I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. You say you're a word man. You're, you know, you pay attention to the story. How did you feel about John Spates, Denis Villeneuve, and Eric Roth's adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel, at least the first part of his novel? So what I think that that, that they did really well, and this comes from having just read the book, mm. is that 
so much of the they managed to take so much of the dialogue directly from the book yeah. and make it work in a movie and that might sound like oh well that's easy then that's the easy thing to do and it's like no no that's really hard right because people don't always talk the way they do in a book in a in real life and also because it's trimming it and forming it so that it you create the essence of a scene that might have been 10 pages long and you get it in six lines Mm -hmm. and those lines really come from the book and represent the character i think i think they do a really good job except Mm -hmm. for this one thing of clarity Mm -hmm. you know is that in terms of dialogue great in terms of establishing the characters i think they do really well in terms of clarity maybe less so yeah, I think I think if it's anything that I feel a little bit of a drawback in is I don't understand what his motivation is, Paul Atreides, beyond trying to prove himself, right? Beyond this wanting to step forward and embrace the house. And then when his father dies, then we start to understand that he's kind of navigating this world without his father. What's next? What can he do? Connecting more with his mom uh, and what she is teaching him, what she is showing him. Uh, and what that's going to lead to. And I think for a little bit for me, it, get, it becomes a bit wayward when it comes to his story on the back half and certainly being um, influenced or driven by these visions of the Zendaya character. I would have liked to have seen her be a little more integral to part one. And yeah, I know she's I agree. Be a big part of part two, right? But I would have liked to have seen her be a little bit more other than just some vision. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think of the Bernstein moment in Citizen Kane, where he says, eh, you know, a, a fellow might remember something right. you didn't think you'd remember. I saw a girl once and, you know, there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I haven't thought of her since I saw her on the train. But that's that's different for a memory, right? This is a driving force in, 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 in what he's doing, his pursuit of this woman. And when he sees Zendaya... What is I would just would have liked to have seen a little bit more there in their interactions, but I don't have many things to ding about this movie. To be honest with you, to me, it just absolutely worked. I was engrossed from moment one, and rewatching it a second and third time, I felt it even more deeply in my bones mm. how much I love this movie and how much it spoke to me. You know, and and I know it's not for everybody, and certainly some critics haven't been the biggest fan of it. Some people have turned it into a punchline for their own personal reasons, but for me. I think it absolutely worked. How John Roca is built, it a hundred percent worked for me from the from the pulsating score and the 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 songs that are being sung and that voice that's singing that music, which mm. is incredible, uh, which was very reminiscent of the of the passion. Uh, no, sorry, the um, yeah, the Passion of the Christ. Is that right? The no, the Last Temptation of Christ. That Peter Gabriel score. Right. It was the album's called Passion. Yeah, it's, Passion. Yes. Yeah. So I got confused there, but yes, that's the, it's very reminiscent of that. The Denis Villeneuve's direction, some of the shots, the camera placements, all of that stuff in the sand, and the, the earthworms are incredible. Well, so well designed. The terror of them is very real as you're watching the movie. The pacing of it worked for me, and the cinematography, as we've touched on a number of times already, and the acting. Certainly from top to bottom, I found yeah. no problem with anybody. I agree. This film. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, any. Uh, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, 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 a couple of things. The first one is uh, I just lost one of my thoughts, but I'll tell you one of the other thoughts. You know <laughs> yeah. what I think one of the objections is? Is that, that? is that what science fiction has become in terms of popular culture and film yeah, yeah, yeah. is action-adventure. You know what I mean? Right. Star Wars being the thing that starts that is that, oh, we're doing sci-fi, so we're going to have an exciting, thrilling adventure. Yeah. Sci-fi books when I was a kid were mostly about ideas. Yeah, they yeah. did have thrilling things in them, but Dune is an idea book. And I think maybe part of the negative reaction is um, uh, maybe part of the negative reaction is that people were expecting 
a Marvel movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? With constant action and like just you know like lots of thrills rather than a somewhat somber, somewhat complex, mm-hmm. mystical, spiritual thing that deals with a lot of heaviness. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Maybe- one of the things by the way i do remember the other thing i was going to say okay. you mentioned the album passion is uh there were three soundtracks when i was in film school that were the my movie sucks if i put this piece of music on it it'll suddenly make my crappy film better <laughs> and those three soundtracks were the akira soundtrack oh yeah the mission yeah, Mission's great from Ennio Morricone. Yeah. And Passion from Peter Gabriel. Like, yeah. you throw one of those pieces of music and you're like, wow, your movie's so intense. It's so powerful. And it's like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's really, no, you're just, Peter Gabriel's just like holding you up. Is what's really going on. <laughs> and maybe now you can add a fourth one, uh, the Dune soundtrack, possibly. Sure. Well, if I ever go back to film school, I, I, well, I, Hans Zimmer was one I discovered right after. So the oh, Crimson okay. Tide soundtrack oh, became yeah. one that I use as temping things all the time. That's a great, it's such a great soundtrack. Absolutely. Yep. Um, All right. Well, uh, Steve, what do you think this film's chances, Dune's chances are, first of all, do you think it deserves a best picture nomination? And second, we've been hearing Coda, we've been hearing power of the dog over and over again. Some people even think King Richard is a dark horse, which we'll get to as we go along here in this series. But what do you think Dune's chances of winning best picture are? So first of all, I'm thrilled that it's nominated. I think it 100% deserves the nomination. Second thing is I will put forth the disclaimer that I suck at predictions. <laughs> I, Whenever we do the Oscar poll, I've never won. I'm terrible at it because I'm not good at under... I've never been like had my finger on the pulse of what the world thinks. I'm good at what I think, right, right. but not what the world thinks. So, But my my gut is that, that this has no chance to win Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I don't think so either, even though I think it should be one of the final choices because I think it's it, – it, the Oscars are supposed to reflect the innovation and the uh, best of film for that particular year. I don't understand how this film is not in, in, in stronger consideration for a lot more people who are voting in the Oscars because it really is a reflection of the incredible advances we've we've yeah. uh, done technologically as, a, as filmmakers and also uh, how far we've come with the medium of film for sure, and telling an incredibly engrossing story as well. Uh, well, let's let's real quick as a final thing here. Here's all the categories it's nominated for. You tell mm. me which one you think it'll win. It's nominated for ten Oscars here: best costume design, best sound, best original score, best adapted screenplay, best film editing, best makeup and hairstyling, best cinematography, best production design, and best visual effects. What do you anticipate it will win? It's tough. Cinematography is a really, really hard category this mm-hmm. year. Just looking at that one. So while I do think, I think it's it, this one is a, it's that mix of great cinematography and special effects. So I think maybe it wouldn't win there. Okay. Um, the most interesting cinematography for me is Macbeth. Actually, this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think yeah. it absolutely could win for costume design. I think um, film editing. There's a good argument for film editing as well. Although there are a couple of other good ones there. Okay. Um, uh, makeup and hair. There's a good chance it could win that too. I yeah. mean, I think this is going to be, you know, there's some years where there's that one movie that just sweeps things. I yeah. don't think that's this year. Again, I'm terrible at predicting things, right. but I think this is a year where we're going to see things split out a lot. Well, um, so, okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, did you want to jump in? I'm sorry. No, I'm going to jump in in just a second as soon as you're finished. I apologize. Go ahead, my man. Uh, uh, music, I I also think it has a chance, although I think the Power of the Dog score is really interesting as well. Um, the 
and uh, we already said it's not going to win Best Picture. Or maybe I missed some other. Oh, special effects. Yeah, uh, that one. That one. Yes, very very strong chance there. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, best original score. I think it absolutely is a shoe in. I think best adapted screenplay. Ah, maybe just maybe. Um, uh, best makeup and hairstyle. I think that might go to Cruella. To be honest with you, I think they're nominated for that. Oh, see, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, best cinematography. I do think Greg Frazier will absolutely win. I think people coming off the Batman will be even more influenced to put his name down. Best visual effects is a very real possibility for me as well, and best sound possibly. It all depends on if people enjoy the sound of the movie. Maybe not 100% enjoy the movie itself, but the sound and the sound cues and the sound editing within it that is certainly possible. Uh, for them to enjoy it real quick it has won the golden globe for best original score um it was nominated best but so Hans zimmer won there and in the uh, baftas recently it was nominated and won for best cinematography and best original score it also won for best production design best visual effects best sound so there is a little bit of momentum um for uh dune winning at least some oscars out of the 10 they're nominated for and i do want to hit on one more thing the gold derby which is a, a collection of critics who have been known to be spot on in their guesses for victories for oscar nominated films it won best cinematography for greg frazier and best film editing best score and best production design best sound best visual effects so you know the, it could walk away with uh, anywhere from one to five oscars uh, uh, uh for this movie which wouldn't be a bad haul to be honest yeah. with you, for film, a lot of that was delayed a number of times that was released day and date. And some people felt was unfilmable. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely one where it could pull a, a lot of the technical Oscars. And that's why I think it's going to be a split up here is that there's going to be some actor nominated things going over here and some over there. You know, the, the screenplay one might be sort of the token. Sometimes that's the sort of we really like your movie. We're not giving you best picture, but you can have this one. And the best <laughs> picture might be. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Take this one and enjoy yeah. it. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, quick review of Dune and its best picture chances here for the Outlaw Nation. Thank you all so much for joining us, Steve. Thanks again. This is going to be a fun series. I can already tell from the first episode, we're going to have a lot of fun discussing these films. Um, please tell people uh, where they can find you and what you got going on. Uh, SR Morris, Twitter, SR Morris One, Instagram. There's this really nice podcast called The Cinephiles. And it ha- it's hosted by these two good friends who like talking about old movies. I would definitely check that out. And if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, Enterprise Incidents, where this weekend we just had Walter Koenig Chekhov on the show. And so that is coming out in just a couple of days on Sunday. We're doing Gamesters of Triskillian with Walter Koenig. What a, what, what a great delight. What an awesome uh, uh, thing to happen for the podcast, for sure, to have Walter Koenig check, him, check off himself be a yep. part of the show. Incredible stuff. As for me, you can find me at the Roka says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Please remember to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping all the content we do here on the Outlaw Nation channel. And we are going to continue this series every day. We're going to plan on dropping a 20 to 25 minute discussion of a Best Picture nominee here for you all to get you guys hyped up for the Oscars that are happening next Sunday. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new breakdown of the best picture nominees here for the Oscars on the Outlaw Nation. Take care.